What's up, Wichita Wind Surge fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Surgecast. I am your host, Scotty Gurman, and alongside me, as usual, is nothing other than the voice of the Wichita Wind Surge, Mr. Tim Grubbs. How you doing, Tim? Doing great. Uh, happy New Year. We're back for yeah. year two. It's yes. It's been a while since we've done this podcast. I, it but. has been a while. It was a pretty crazy season last season. Uh, it was technically our first Right. You know, big, huge go at uh, Wind Surge Baseball. It was extremely exciting. It was very exciting. I, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously you could have won the championship. You but could've. other than that, would there have been something else that would have capped it better? You nah. know what I mean? We did go to the championship. Yeah. Won the division. Uh, memorable home runs. Uh, a lot of great players came through the ballpark. A lot of great memories. Uh, I think for the most part, you know, for what it was, I think it checked all the boxes. Yeah, walk-off city, man. Walk-off city for a while. And, uh, you know, obviously coming off of COVID. You yeah. Know, it was a short order to um, plan the season. Right. Um, we had like a two-month head start. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was a lot of, other than that sort of stuff, which, I mean, every minor league baseball team was in the same boat. The only difference was in Wichita, it was our inaugural season. Right. That's probably not the best way to organize your first season. But, I mean, all in all, the fans were great. The city was great. The ballpark was great. Yeah. And uh, the most important thing is, you know, Ramon Borrego was our manager. He won manager of the year. Yep. And we had great players, and they, they stepped up to the challenge, and, and we won. Absolutely. And, and that's that's like – I can't even remember the last time where we had a playoff baseball game in Wichita. I think it was it was maybe it was the early 2000s get Arizona is what I – if okay. I remember correctly, and it was a super regional game. Okay. So well, was, I know the Wranglers. I think it was 2006. Oh, and the, and the Wranglers and stuff. I, yeah. I mean, it was just nice to have, like, uh, baseball games that – really could have won a championship sure. and, and as an inaugural season coming down to it and making the championship game i think that's still pretty cool no matter what yeah and it was cool i mean the first two games of the playoffs of the championship were mm -hmm. on the road because right. we were the better team which was messed up yeah that they did one two on the road but we were going to be home for three four and five games one and two had you know thousand people each yeah you know and then we came home for game three three down oh two unfortunately and for that team to take the field, 7,000 people in the ballpark, yeah. we took an early lead with Jermaine Palacios home run. I mean, that place was jumping. It was. And it, and it got away from us. And, you know, minor league baseball is different than the Super Bowl or right. World Series. I mean, these guys, I mean, I think we got I think they got behind and yeah. they probably were like, you know what? You know, yeah. I, I don't think they gave up on purpose by any yeah. means. But I think the adrenaline of Northwest Arkansas just really got them going. And, yep. you know, hey. Hey, it, uh, it, it was great, um, and uh, it's been a, a fun off season. It's been fast. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we had the football game at the ballpark, so we got to see, uh, you know, the vision of multi-purpose stadium oh yeah um still waiting for the first concert and hopefully uh, the way everything's going that that that's something that could check the box off Absolutely. later this year or something like that and other events coming to the stadium yeah and i mean if you did not get to go see the football game it was so cool i mean my hat's off to the to the grounds crew the those ben hartman is and a stud what he did and uh you know putting the grass down where the infield dirt was yeah uh, initially when i thought there was the football game i thought they were going to do raider style yeah you know, so did I infield dirt would just be there and uh, when they were tearing it up and putting the sod down I was like whoa I didn't know we were actually gonna do that right no I but. I did I talked to him a little bit about it and he said it was a it was a whole ordeal I mean yeah. it was a very big deal it was a nice field whenever it was all ready for football um, but it was 
lot of work going into it, and he does. He does a fantastic job. I had so many people last season go into a wind surge game, tell me like uh, it, how amazing it looked, how amazing the turf in the outfield looked. So I do a lot of tours of the ballpark, you mm-hmm. know, for potential sponsors, season ticket holders, just high school kids, college yeah. kids, whatever. And I can't tell you how many times people think that's turf. That's what I mean. They kept on giving us compliments on the turf that's out there. I get it all the time. Yeah. You know, like, hey, that's, you know, that, that turf looks really nice. You know, uh, how does he keep the dirt from going on? The, and I was like, no, 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 that's that, that's, that's real grass. grass. <laughs> um, you know, and in the off season, I'm able to take people down on the warning track and you can see it. But during the season last year with the restrictions with Major League Baseball, sure. you weren't allowed to get that close. The closest you could get was the front row. Um, so, but yeah, no. And up until about a week or so ago, you could still see the football lines on them because there's no growth <laughs> yeah. in the, in the wintertime. Right. He did have a, a growth blanket over it to keep the warming blankets, to yeah. keep the grass from uh, you know too much frostbite sure. and all that sort of stuff. But he's down there getting it ready to go now as we're a month away from opening day. I was getting ready to say opening day is April, April the 8th. eighth. So we're a little bit less than a month to go. Yep. And uh, that's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball in the midst of a lockout. Yep. But... We will play. Um, there, we will, it is minor league baseball is technically use the term unaffected. Uh-huh. We will have games, triple A, single A, double A. We'll all play baseball as normal. Um, but just to be clarified, so forty man roster guys. Mm-hmm. So a year ago when we opened up the season, we had two: mm-hmm. um, Jordan Belasovic, a pitcher; Gilberto Celestino, an outfielder. So those two, if had this gone back a year ago, we don't have a roster, so it's not like I could sit there and pinpoint. All right, which guys would be on our current roster in twenty twenty three? Um, or 2022, sure. and who who would be ineligible? I don't really know because I don't know who the roster is. Yeah, but a year ago it would have affected two guys. Okay. Um, from last year's team, there are a couple of wind surge players who were elevated to the 40 man roster, um, but they probably wouldn't be back anyway. Yeah, um, Jose Miranda, yeah, who was called up at midseason, got added to that club. Uh, Josh Winder, who was added to that roster. Mm-hmm. Cole Sands. Uh, so all those guys would not be eligible. But, I mean, you're only talking a handful of guys. And those guys would be at AAA now anyway, most likely. Right. So, um, but yeah, we... I'm looking forward to it, and and it's not like the wind surge are the only team. We're not playing with an arm behind our back. Yeah, all the other teams are in the same boat. Like yeah. none of the 40 man guys. But I'm excited that we'll be able to play, and and I hope by that point, uh, you know, everything is resolved. But obviously, we have no control of that. I'm just happy that we can play. Right. Especially after missing the 2020 season. Absolutely, and this is a full blown season too. It sounds like we're gonna get all. Uh, how many games do we have uh, this year? So we have 69 at home. Right. 138 total. So, awesome. and we go from April 8th until September 11th is the home finale. And then the, the actual regular season finale is September 18th. So it's a full season. It's a long way. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward. And we have some more opponents. I was just getting ready to ask We play that. everybody. That's so nice because this year, or last year, we were kind of playing a round robin of, of just a couple teams in our area just because of traveling restrictions yeah. and things like that. So now... We're going to be able to see different opponents for yeah, the first Yeah, and time. with that, I think what made things worse for Wichitans at the beginning of the year last year, we were a lot of Tulsa and a lot of – I think I feel like every homestand in May last year was Tulsa, was Springfield, Tulsa, yeah. Tulsa, Springfield. <laughs> and it just was like, okay – there are other teams. Like, we ended up playing, you know, six teams in the league last year, but I felt like the beginning of the year was very front with Springfield. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of Cardinal people out there, but still, that was a little bit much that we were playing them yeah. back-to-back homestands. But, no, I'm excited. Um, we have San Antonio. 
which is uh, San Diego Padres. We've got uh, Corpus Christi, which is the Houston Astros. We got Frisco, which is Texas Rangers. So, yeah, it'll be nice to see some other prospects and some other clubs come to town. Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And and I know we talked um, uh, briefly about this. We we talked we talked a, a little bit about the lockout of what's going on and how you know we're we're not affected as far as minor league baseball goes. Um, but they they have uh, agreed in the lockout on some rule changes. Did you hear about that? Yeah, at the major league level. At the major league level, and it's a lot of the rule changes that our fans have Correct. already seen. Correct. Um, obviously the shift anti-shift mm-hmm. rules and, and different things like that so we're we've already seen that at our level um they have not announced the rule initiatives sure for our level but i mean i can tip my hand here yeah. the fact that they approve that for the big leagues or at least it's negotiated in you kind of know that the shift rule is here at least for another year or two and the pitch clock is here mm-hmm. um they are working with the numbers you know what i mean they're, they've yeah. actually talked about tinkering it down Really? So it's a little quicker really, um, to keep up the pace of the game. So we should know all that information, I would think, probably before our next podcast. Sure. And once we know that for sure, we can really dive in to some of the new rule changes yep. and some of the other things they're going to tinker with. One of the things I can tell you is, just like last year, there will be some different rules between single A, double A, and triple A. You know, so they get a sampling of different things. Triple A, we will not have this. We'll have the automatic ball strike. Um, That has already been announced. We will not have that this season so they will have the uh and it's not every night there is, it's 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 kind of a medley of you know they sure they're trying out different things sample size uh, on how they're going to work it and uh, so they can figure out what's best there still will be home plate umpires so if people were thinking it's, it's going to look weird not Whew. having an ump there's still an umpire there because you still have to get catcher's interference batter's interference you still have the guy you know he'll have an indicator in his ear to tell him what to say or you what to score it and yeah. all that sort of stuff so there's still some weird things are still working out there and you know I, I don't know i mean i think you know i mean I, I i call you know whatever last year 123 games over mm-hmm. the course of the season and you know when you look down on the statistics at the end of the year and how often they miss balls and strikes we all think as fans as a broadcaster sure that they miss a lot but it's really like one percent of all pitches uh, oh, it's yeah. such a minimal amount but you know, obviously, uh, you know, it seems like the ones that they do miss could be the third strike in the ninth inning. And, right. you know, when the game's a little bit tighter and that's why people get a little bit more nervous about all that. Yeah. And and I know you're you've been doing this uh, or you've been involved in minor league baseball a heck of a lot longer than I have. And so with these new rule changes, are you kind of some of them you're OK with some of them you're not? Okay I'm OK with? with almost all of them, which is um, shocking to me, which is shocking because. Uh, years ago, I was more of a purist, mm-hmm. and it, it it has I have it has won me over. The one rule that I hated in principle was to put the runner at second base yeah. in the tenth inning, and that's my favorite rule now because as a hockey fan. Or, you know, when you play a man down or a power play type situation, that's the best part mm-hmm. of hockey, you know, sure. is when you're a five on three advantage. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and you see how much faster the game goes and, and everything that goes. And, and I hate to put the analogy to other sports, but when you had that runner at second base with nobody out at the top of the 10th and then in the bottom of the 10th, it just, 
it's just a different game. And yeah. there's different strategies and how, how you play it. Do you bunt him over? Do you try to play for two runs? And I've really enjoyed it. Um, the games are typically over in 10 or 11 innings. Mm-hmm. I know as a person that works in minor league baseball, most fans come for promotions. Most fans are coming, you know, for a family night out. There are people there watching baseball. Of course, there's a lot of them. But, you know, if on a fireworks night, the last thing you want is a 17-inning game. Oh, for sure. And you don't want your the young kid who thinks he's going to see fireworks yeah. at 10 o'clock to all of a sudden have to be waiting around till midnight or whatever. And I think that's why sometimes it's best just to try to – and over the course of, you know, our schedule, you know, 138 games, Yeah, you know – we go to extra innings, what, 10 times or eight games. I mean, it's all going to even out sure. for the most part. It's not like it's an every night occurrence. And, and I'm with you on that one. That's actually the only rule that I, I'm, I'm like, okay, I can get behind this one. I, I get it. The ones that, that for me, because I am, I'm, I'm the, the purist. I'm the right. guy that, I, like, everybody's complaining about, um, you know, the no, or the low-scoring games and stuff like that. And I love I that. I love low-scoring That, that is my favorite. I know they're trying to push offense and right. stuff like that. I, I totally understand. Because, I mean, fans, it's more action. That's basically what it is. Everybody likes more action. And I know everybody's against the shift rules. Oh, yeah. But what the anti-shift rules bring is more action. Yeah. Um, It's less strikeouts. It's less home runs. It's more singles. It's more doubles and triples, potentially more stolen bases. So I get where they're going at it. Yeah. And I know that there's going to be some tinkering. You know, we're all NFL fans to put another, to bring up another sport. They're changing rules every season. The NFL that we, we just came off the, I know, a lot of Chiefs fans listening, they probably yeah. don't want to hear yeah. the greatest playoffs ever. Mm-hmm. You know, the way those games were. They were. That's not the same NFL, you know, that, uh, you know, Troy Aikman played. And we're not going that far back. Yeah. I mean, you start bringing up the, you know, the 70s with Bradshaw and Staubach and all those guys. That's a completely different. The, all the rule changes they've made have really made the NFL much more offensive. Yep. And the offense has such an upper hand now than the defense, where that wasn't the case. Yeah. You know, when the 85 Bears played or, you know, back in the day when, the, you know, the Vikings and the Steelers had their big defenses. So, I mean, I think it's all evolution, and I know it's it's – they're going to tinker with these rules at the AAA and the AA levels to try to find out a good sample size yeah. of how it works. And they're going to start moving that stuff into the big leagues, and they'll probably have to continue to adjust to make sure it's continuing to evolve and make the game better, make the game quicker, and make the game with more action so you don't have these long time yeah. you know, where there's pitch, throw over to first, yeah. all these lagging times. And I'm a... You know, I'm still a bit of the purist because I love baseball the way it is. Yep. But at the same time, I do want the games to be over a little bit quicker and a lot more action where you get to see the great diving catches and, oh, yeah. and the fun of it. That's that's the that's the gist of baseball that everybody enjoys. Absolutely. Um, but so so now um, I, I actually have a, a personal friend that uh, unfortunately it was scheduled to go down to Florida uh, last week to watch spring training. Oops. <laughs> Now it's starting up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that's this next week that's it's happening here. So, the spring training is going on. Going on. Okay. Um, it's minor league spring training. Correct. So, currently, like I told you a minute ago, I don't know who's on this year's wind surge roster. Mm-hmm. Um, no one does really. So, um, what happens every year during uh, 
spring training, every all the focus always shifts on the big league guys. Everybody's always talking about big league spring training. Well, those complexes in Florida and in Arizona have all the minor league players there too, mm-hmm. and they're all working with the major league players as well, and they weave in and out of different workouts and different things like that, and the coaches figure out who goes to, obviously, the big league rosters for the most part are normally figured out because right. of salaries and right, stuff. Yeah. There's like three or four spots on each roster that have to be figured out. Sure. And then AAA is the next set of guys, Double A is the next set of guys, and single A and low A is the next set of guys. And obviously, sometimes they don't want to rush a guy if there's a guy coming off of injuries. There's a numerous number of reasons why they start guys where they do. So there's st- those guys are fighting for roster spots right now, whether they're going to St. Paul, Wichita, Cedar Rapids, or Fort Myers. So I'm actually going to be in Fort Myers next week. Nice. Um, so I will be down there for a few days, and we'll meet with our manager, and uh, we'll see a lot of our former players, a lot of our former wind surge guys, and see if they're coming back or not. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a handful. Um, typically, you know, the turnover from year to year, a lot of the, especially a lot of the guys that came up middle of the year or later in the year last year, probably a lot of the same names you may see on the opening day roster this year. Although it could be a little bit different because of the lockout. True. Because um, if there's injuries and different things like that. Right. And then once they do get resolved, how does that impact the minor league rosters? Right. You know, and but that's something I, I, you know, when I first got in the game, my first year of minor league baseball, I got into it in the middle of a strike. My first season was 1995. Oh, my so goodness. So it was coming off the, and everybody remembers the 94 strike. But right. then the strike actually carried in to 1995. Yep. Um, that season didn't start till late. So, um, yeah, so I got into it in the middle of it, so here I am again. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's amazing. You're, you're bad luck, Tim. No, yeah, I I'm, guess ki- I'm, well, I'm the, kidding. The rest of those years, there was no strike. <laughs> the other 24 seasons, so I guess I'm not too bad of luck. That's true. So you talked a little bit about uh, players' movement and stuff like that. Um, over, over the offseason, I did notice that there was you know, a, a couple of players that got traded and stuff like that in the offseason in the lower levels. Isn't that basically kind of like um, – I, I don't know, tr- trades happening in the lower level very often? or is Well, that- they're usually involved in package deals okay. and different things like that. It's not They don't trade an A-ball player for an A-ball player typically, okay. but there are some bigger packages. There are also some guys that became minor league baseball free agents. Um, Trey Cabbage, who became a fan favorite here in Wichita last year, signed with the uh, Los Angeles Angels organization so he's elsewhere Aaron Whitefield also signed with the Angels so a couple of guys that became pretty popular here will be there uh, DJ Burt signed with the Chicago White Sox organization so we won't see those guys this year unless you know something happens sure you know because sometimes these guys sign with these other organizations before you know it they're traded off or you know find themselves back in a different situation here soon yeah so uh now that we've had a year under our belt it'll be fun because i i always think it's cool that when another team comes in you know when amarillo comes in and it's a former wind search player on the other side yeah it's it makes things fun when you get a former player on the other club obviously last year we didn't have a chance for that <laughs> right it was year one nope we didn't have any former players elsewhere yeah, and and you know what the thing about, uh, in my opinion, like Wichitans, whenever we have a player that it was a wind surge player, that once you're a wind surge player, you're kind of always going to be. Always, a, that's, yeah, that's and that's it. the way it is. And yeah. once I'm also looking forward to that first game where there's a former shocker, yeah, that comes through. Oh God, that's going to be um, so fun. It's going to be a lot of fun when yeah. you get those guys or a local Kansan kid. Um, we had a player last year who played at Kansas. He was a Jayhawk player, but you know wasn't a huge draw or anything. But it was 
was pretty cool to see that come through as well. Absolutely. Well, now all that's left is we've got we've got a season. We've got a whole, we've got a bunch of games that we're going to be able to see. Um, I, I got to tell you, and I've said it on probably every every podcast. Whenever there's a game going on or going on at Riverfront Front Straight, I can't even talk Riverfront Stadium. I'm the guy that's walking around. Oh, the yeah, entire yeah. stadium. The entire stadium. You get your yeah. you get your steps in, walk around three times, you get a mile. If you can't tell me, that's okay. But do you know if they're making any changes at all to the, the stadium, the concourse, or anything like that that you're aware of so that the, you can talk about? The physical stadium is obviously the same sure. physical building. It's yeah. brand new, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to spend any more money on that. The concessions will be different. There will be some new items. Awesome. Um, they have not been announced yet. I not even holding anything back. I don't even know what they are. I, I know there is some different things that they've worked on. And obviously last year being new year one with all these new employees oh, yeah. being short staffed at times because of the way everything was, it was difficult to keep adding stuff, but there are some new items. There'll be some new carts and some other elements. So from a food standpoint, and I'm sure beverages and drinks and stuff will be also a little bit different. And yeah. there'll be some new promotions on the field yep. and uh, there'll be some uh, giveaway items. And they'll, so there'll be a lot of that stuff to come. Year two, we're a little bit more evolved than we were with just wind surge baseball year one. Yep, and that makes a lot of sense, and that was the next question I was going to ask you. I mean, we talked a little bit about promotions. Uh, I don't expect you to know each and every one or anything like that, but there was one thing that that uh, was was always in the um, the surge store, right, mm -hmm. the team store, yeah. that uh, everybody, it was kind of one of those things that it was there, but nobody knew what the heck it was. And it was a neon green hat with a cow on it. Yeah, and it's finally going to be known what exactly that is. And it gets announced next week of what's the background, why do we have that hat, what goes with that hat, <laughs> when they will actually wear that hat on the field. Uh, because of the way hats are made by New Era, you have to turn those orders in a year early. That was the, always the plan for it to be year two, but since we didn't have a year one in 2020, the hats came <laughs> oh. out early. To give you a little bit of the backstory, now, um, the decision was made, it was just to put it out on the shelves, uh -huh. and it was it's in the, some of the local stores, yeah. and you can buy it online as well. So it was just, just throw it out there and give them no explanation until it's time. I have it. And the time <laughs> the time is next week. That's so, awesome. Uh, so they're going to announce basically. They'll announce exactly what that is That's and, awesome. and what's all going on and, and why that is. Um, so there, there's a whole background. It's something minor league baseball does, something they do very well in a lot of the communities. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Um, to, to see the reaction and, uh, you know, because it is so bizarre. <laughs> but once you hear the whole story, I think people will be, uh, you know, I think people will be on board with it. And it's it's all part of minor league baseball. It's why we're fun. It's 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 there's some other wrinkles. Yeah, there'll be some other things when people come out to the ballpark this year. We will wear our wind surge uniform. You know, the jerseys you saw last year, you're going to see and you'll see a few more. Mm -hmm. There's uh, there's a few different versions that the guys will wear on the field from time to time. So I think that'll uh, 
you know, add to the fun of what it is. It's a little different than Major League Baseball. I mean, yeah, it's good players, but and there's promotions, but uh, there are a few other wrinkles that'll head people's way. Yeah, that's that's got to be my favorite part. Now, and you're exactly right. And I guess I just didn't even really think of it. I mean, technically, this would have been year this should three. Be year three. This should have been year three. Yeah. So because we didn't have that first year, this is technically year two. But but you're exactly right. I expect everything to be a lot smoother. I believe there to be a lot more fun. Uh, I, I just I cannot wait for this season. Yeah, at all. we've had a full off season to uh, plan things out and re- and it's still. I mean, even though we had a full off season, here we are in mid early March, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, the season's month away. Like we got to get going. Like, there's some things. It's that chaotic time of year when you work in baseball. Yeah. Well, uh, this this was supposed to be just kind of an introductory short episode to let everybody know what's going on, and most importantly, to know that we are having a full season of wind surge baseball, and uh, we're all excited for that to happen. Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted no, to tell? No, I mean, just, you know, Ramon Borrego, our manager, is mm-hmm. back. Joe Manginelli, who was our first base coach last year, is back. The rest of the coaching staff is all new, so we'll have to get to meet and know those guys. Um, as for players on the field, I mean, we'll have 28 men on the roster, just like we did last year. So that's going to be, I mean, and it'll be some of the same names from last year. It'll be some new faces that fans that are following the Twins organization may have seen in Cedar Rapids or Fort Myers last year. So um, we have a female, we have a male and a female trainer this year. Nice. So uh, we only had one trainer last year. So they are, uh, they added to that and it'll be nice uh, to have a female trainer and have her perspective you know, working with the guys throughout the season. And there's a lot of new other stuff as well. And, you know, obviously we've got a full season of podcasts. Oh, yeah. I'm excited that uh, April 8th to get this thing underway again and another fireworks night at the ballpark oh, yeah. and, and launch this propeller series with our rivals <laughs> from down the road in Tulsa and, and get the season underway. And then and then last but not least, uh, give everybody a heads up that Wichita State will be playing Oklahoma State on uh, April the 26th. Yeah, no, that'll be great. I mean, I'm out. I won't even be there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I didn't realize it when we announced it at the press conference. I actually think I realized it in the press conference. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, I'm going to be in Little Rock, Arkansas, because it's after our season starts and the wind surge will be underway. So we're home the day before, or two days before, and then we'll be home that night. So that'll be great. And awesome. I know, you know, obviously, Shockers play basketball downtown at Interest once a year. It's, it's great to have them down there playing a game at the ballpark. Last year, that was one of the highlights of the year, seeing them open that place up on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it, it's it was... The, it was great. It was an amazing time to see college baseball um, at Riverfront Stadium. Um, but I'm still I'm still pumped for the wind surge. To, to no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, and I'm glad that uh, the Shockers have kind of turned it around yeah. and uh, win some games, you know, so we can uh, forget about the basketball season a little bit. That's and, right. And move on to baseball. <laughs> move That's on to where baseball. we all are. Well, that's the best part of minor league baseball, guys, is that uh, we do get to have a full season. So again, um, I uh, I want to you know welcome everybody back. Uh, hope uh, hope your off season was uh, as as busy as ours was. Um, but uh, as, that'll pretty much wrap up this uh, first uh, episode of the uh, 2022 season for the Surgecast. Guys, do us a favor. Uh, look into getting um, tickets to that opening day if they are still available, Tim. They are still available, windsurge.com, or you can just, uh, if you work downtown, the, the ballpark ticket offices are open Monday through Friday, t- basically 9 to 5. So you can just walk up to the ticket window, 
tell them where you want a seat and they'll help you out as best as they can. Yep. Not a bad seat in the house either, guys. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in to the first episode of the Surgecast of 2022. We hope to hear and see more of you guys uh, throughout this uh, wind surge season. Thank you guys so much. And as always, surge up.